So we began a series last Sunday entitled, Not a Fan, and we began to talk about really the difference there. And let's just look together. Matthew chapter 9, there's a consistent theme throughout Scripture in the life of Jesus as He began to recruit and call His disciples to come after them. And the Bible says in verse 9, as Jesus passed on from there, He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and He said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. He didn't just say, worship me. He didn't just say, pray to me. He didn't say, just give to me. He actually said, follow me, right? And that really is the call of Christianity. Look at that first point on your outline. We talked about it last Sunday. We said Christianity, right, it's not about being a fan. It's not about being a fan. It's about being a follower of Jesus Christ. And I believe with all my heart that God really is calling us. He's calling us as the church to come out of the stands. He's calling us to get onto the field, and He's calling us to get in the game, right? God is calling us to get into the game. Because how many of you realize that we're not playing a game? <laughs> we're actually fighting for eternity. There are some real things that are hanging in the balance. And this coming Saturday, we're going to have the Iron Bowl, and we're all going to scream and yell. We're going to have some fun. It's going to be a great day, and it's going to be lots of fun as we uh, cheer for our teams. But how many of you realize that at the end of the day, other than your pride, other than maybe a little ragging on the job next week, win or lose, the Iron Bowl is not going to change your life. It's a game. It's a fun game. It's a lot of fun. We've had fun this morning. I'm going to enjoy it Saturday. We're going to have a great time. But at the end of the day, it's a game. But we're in a game of life, amen, and we are fighting for something that is real. It's not about who's going to win the Iron Bowl. It's about who's going to win in the game of life when it comes to seeing people saved or lost, when it comes to heaven or hell, when it comes to life or death, when it comes to blessing or cursings. It really does come down to what are we going to do with what God has done in us, for us, and through us. Are we going to really be followers? of Jesus Christ. And we talked last week about kind of some of the discrepancies. We said if you're a fan, then you have lots of choices, right? But if you're a follower, you're not talking about your choices if you're a follower. You're talking about your commitment. How many of you realize this coming Saturday, every player, every player on Alabama and Auburn's teams, they're going to walk into that stadium and they are going to be laser beam focused. They are going to be ready to pour their hearts. I mean, think about it. They are literally going to give everything they've got to win a game. They're going to leave everything on the field. They're going to pour their lives out for the sake of winning that one, one, one game. They're going to give all that they have. Why? Because they're not walking and they're talking about, well, what choices do we have today? No, it's not about their choices. It's about the commitment that they made to be a part of a team. And when they show up, they're going to give everything they got. Because they know there's some things at stake. Now, for them, it's temporal things, but for us, it's eternal things because we're fighting for things that really matter. We talked last week, we said that we're fighting, right? We need to understand we're fighting for our families, right? We're fighting for the generations that are behind us. And whether you're married, or whether you're single, whether you're a young person here, it doesn't really matter. There's always somebody behind you. And every generation is expecting, hoping, believing, praying that the generation that precedes them is going to set them up to move into the glory of God. They may not be able to articulate that. They may not even 
understand that. But right now, I want you to understand, there are, there are children right now that can't utter their first words, and in their spirit, they are hoping, praying, and believing that the generation that precedes them is going to pave the way for God's glory to be manifested in their life. I heard a statement years ago, a guy made this statement, he said that the compromise of one generation becomes the captivity of the next generation. And when you think about your life and you think about the reality that so many people today, we, we can't afford to play church. We can't afford just to be Sunday morning fans, right? We can't afford just to scream and shout on Sunday and walk out the doors of the church and act like nothing happened. We have got to be followers of Jesus Christ. Why? Because our, our compromise becomes their captivity. And let me encourage you in this. If you're not reading the Bible, let me encourage you, read the Bible, right? Read the Bible. The most spiritual thing I can tell you today is read the Bible. Because when you read the Bible, especially when you read the entire Bible, not just sections of the Bible, when you read the whole Bible, you find out, you'll see that pattern in the Old Testament. The compromise of one generation became the captivity of the next generation. The Scripture would say something like this, and your children and your grandchildren will be carried away into captivity. The things that we play with, the things that we play with are the things that will bind them. Man, we're fighting for something real, guys. We're fighting for generations. We're fighting for generations that are to come. And not only are we fighting for generations that are to come, but we're fighting for our own freedom. Right? We're fighting for our own freedom. Let me just say this to you today. If you don't get in the game, then you don't even get to determine the outcome of your own life. See, I can tell you how I know that there are a lot of fans in American Christianity. There are a lot of fans in American Christianity because if you're a fan, you like to blame other people for your losses. Right? Think about it. This coming Saturday, we're going to play the Iron Bowl, right? And somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. And whoever loses, let me just say, whoever loses, there are going to be thousands of fans that are going to blame the coach and blame the quarterback and blame the running back and blame the linebacker and blame the line and blame the kicker and blame the place the the holder and they're going to blame somebody going to blame somebody cuz that's what fans do right fans listen to this if you're a fan somebody else's performance always dictates and determines the quality of your life so if you're a fan when your team wins you're happy when your team loses you're sad because you're a fan. You're allowing somebody else's performance to dictate the quality of your life. But let me tell you what I know about followers. Followers are not blamers. Followers are individuals that are in the game and they're taking responsibility, right? The follower says, man, man, I missed that pass. I should have caught that. I should have made that pass. I should have got that. I, I should have made that block. I should have got that tackle. Man, that's on me. I'm sorry. It's my bad. See, if you're in the game, you're actually taking responsibility for what you're doing because you realize that your life, your actions, your decisions, your choices are literally determining the outcome of the game. Are we going to win or are we going to lose? Are people going to come to know Christ or are they going to be lost and spend eternity in hell? Are we going to see our family position to prosper or are we going to set them on a slippery slope that's going to push them off into a place of destruction and captivity? The reality is, is if you're a fan, you're constantly blaming people. Fans blame. If he'd just called this play, if he'd just run this play, right? I love to watch football games with people, right? I mean, so many great coaches in the living room. <laughs> they are so good. I mean, they're so good, they're in the living room. Right? 
Gus and Nick, man, they've studied every play. They have been sleepless nights. They have, they have, they have orchestrated not a playbook, but a, a, a game plan to win that game on Saturday. And I'm just telling you, every call they make, every play they call is strategic and it's on purpose. And they have rehashed it and they have planned it and they have thought it through a hundred thousand different ways because they want to win. But if you're a fan, I can't, can't believe we're running the ball again. <laughs> Why don't he just throw? Just throw the ball. Just throw the ball. Right? Don't you love it? How many Jesus fans we got like that? Man, that music is just too loud. Man, that music is not loud enough. Man, I wish they'd preach on this, or I wish they'd do that. I don't know why they do that. And who ever thought about them times? I mean, three services on one Sunday, that's crazy. Man, we like, we like just blame, we like point fingers, we like do all this crazy stuff. Why? Because we're fans, we're not in the game. I love getting around followers. Because followers aren't blaming people. Followers are taking responsibility. Followers are like, hey, hey, I got that. I'll do that. Take it on me. I'll, I'll put me in the game, coach. I'll make that happen. Man, it's not about being a fan. God has called us beyond it. And so we're fighting for our families. We're fighting for our own freedom, right? Because if you're not in the game, you're not going to ever win. You're never going to win. Nothing's ever going to change. But not only this, I want to give you one other thought. We're going to move on. Not only are we fighting for our families and fighting for our own freedom, but we're fighting for the glory of God. Amen. We're fighting for the glory of God. God has staked his reputation on our performance. God has staked his reputation on our performance. Think about it. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We are the hands and the feet and the body of Jesus. God has staked his reputation on our performance. That ought to, that ought to do something in us. That ought to sober our hearts up. That ought to do something in me and in you that says, hey, you know what? I can't be a fan. I, I can't be a spectator. I got to get in the game. I got to give my heart to the game. I got to give my life to the game. I got to get involved in what God is doing because you know what? God has trusted me with his reputation. And that's a high calling. And we're fighting for his glory. Let me just give you a great thought because here, here's a simple thought. When you fight for the glory of God, your family wins. And when you fight for the glory of God, you win. See, it's possible for you to fight for your family and not fight for God's glory. Right? We see that all the time. People fight for their family and they lie and they cheat and they manipulate in order to help their family out. All the while dishonor the name of God. They'll fight for their own freedom, right? They'll fight for their own success. They'll fight for their own prosperity. They'll fight for their own victory, but they won't fight for the glory of God. And they'll step on people, and they'll stomp on people, and they'll, get, they'll push people out of the way, and they say, well, that's just business. That's what you got to do to get ahead. So you can fight for your family, and you can fight for your own freedom, and never fight for the glory. But if you fight for the glory, your family and your freedom always wins. Your family and your freedom is connected to His glory.
It's connected to His glory. And when we begin to fight for His glory, and we begin to recognize that He has trusted His reputation to our performance, that we would begin to give our lives fully and completely. As every Alabama and Auburn player is going to do this coming Saturday, we should give ourselves daily to the high calling of Jesus Christ. Because it matters. Amen? So how do we get out of the stands? Look at that next point. How do we get out of the stands in the game? Last week we looked at John chapter 8. Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. We said, how do we, how do we get out of the stands in the game? Number one, we have to deal with the sin that keeps us in the stands and out of the game. And we're not going to re-preach that sermon. If you didn't hear it, you need to go listen to it. Go to the website, go to the podcast, go to YouTube, and listen to that sermon. It'll change your life. Ephesians chapter 4, let's look at the next point. Look where we're going today. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, Paul is speaking about what is called the fivefold ministry or fivefold gifts of ministry, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. And in Ephesians 4, verse 12, he lays that out, and then he begins to talk about that God has given us these gifts, and the purpose of these gifts is to equip the body for the work of the ministry and to edify or build up the local church. So God is giving gifts so that we can be equipped to do ministry and so that we can be edified or built up to become the body of Christ and represent Jesus. And in verse 14 uh, of Ephesians 4, the Apostle Paul says this, he says, and God's going to do all this work so that we're not going to be tossed around by every wind of doctrine, by every wind of change, by the lies and the deceit of the enemy, but we're going to actually become steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in verse 15, where we're going to kind of jump in here, he says, so instead of being, instead of being tossed about by the winds of deception, look what he says, instead we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church. Jesus is the head of the body, amen? And His body is the church. Let me just tell you a little bit about the church. The church is, the, the local church is a unique expression of Jesus Christ. This church is a unique expression of Jesus Christ, and that's why we need every church. Because God's so big, one church can't reveal Him. Think about that for a minute. God's so big, one church can't reveal Him. Every local church has a divine DNA that uniquely expresses who Jesus is in a way that allows the world to know Him, be saved by Him, be changed by Him, be empowered by Him, and spend eternity in heaven with Him. And that's why we're never in competition against other churches, right? That's why other churches are not our enemies. They are our allies, right? See, we do things other churches doesn't do. That doesn't make us better. That makes us different because they do things we don't do. That doesn't make them better. That makes them different. How many of you know that you need the different parts on the team? Everybody's not a quarterback. A team full of quarterbacks is really in trouble, Right? Everybody's not a lineman, team full of linemen, they're in trouble. Team full of kickers, team full of linebackers, right? It takes everybody doing the part that God has called them to do in order to effectively advance the kingdom of God. And the Bible says Jesus is the head, and as a local church, we are a unique expression of who Jesus is. Amen? Now look at verse 16. 
So Christ is the head of his body, the church, from whom the whole body, from Jesus, the whole body is joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effect of working, by which every part does its share, and it causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So look at verse 16, because verse 16 gives us the next couple key ingredients of what it takes for us to get out of the stands and get into the game. Look at that next point on your outline. So what has to happen? If we're going to get out of the stands and get in the game, what has to happen? We have to be joined and knit together. We have to be joined and knit together. The Bible says from Jesus the head, the whole body is joined and knit together. We have to be joined and knit together. Why? Because we are a team. We are the body of Christ. Let me just say it to you this way. You're not in the game unless you're on the team. Let me say it one more time. You're not in the game unless you're on the team. What's the team? The team is the body. What's the body? The body is the church. That's what Jesus said. We are, he is the head of the body, the church. And Jesus, the head of the body, the head of the church, joins and knits us all together. Think about it this way. You can't be connected to the head and not be a part of the body. See, I've heard people say stuff like this. They're really spiritual people. They say, I love Jesus. I just don't like the church. Well, you're serving a decapitated Christ. You're serving a decapitated Christ. You can't be connected to the head unless you're a part of the body. Right? So how do I get out of the stands and how do I get in the game? How do I go from being a fan to becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ? The Bible says I have to be knit and I have to be, I have to be joined and I have to be knit together. I kind of broke that down this way. The word, the word join literally means to be connected together like parts of a body. That's literally what it means in the Greek. To be connected together. So we have to be, you're in the game if you are connected relationally and spiritually to the local church. See, if you're not connected relationally, then you're not in the game. Let me say that again. If you're not connected relationally, you're not in the game. How many of you know discipleship happens through relationship? And you've got to be in relationship. Relationship is critical. Because what happens if you go to a game, right, if you go to a big game, maybe you had tickets, maybe you got tickets to the Alabama Iron Bowl and you're going to take me Saturday, and we're going to be there in the stands, and we're going to be cheering, we're going to be screaming, and our team scores a touchdown. You know what happens if you're a fan when your team scores a touchdown? You turn to the person beside you, you high-five them. You turn to the person behind you, you high-five them. You turn to the person on this side of you, you high-five them. You turn to the person in front of you, you high-five Y'all are screaming together, you're shouting together, you're cheering together, and then you go go home and you never see each other again. Sounds a lot like Sunday morning church. Sounds a lot like Sunday morning church. We're singing together. We're shouting together. We're praying together. We're high-fiving each other. When somebody gets saved, we're excited. When somebody gets delivered, we shout. When something great happens, we rejoice. And then we go home. And we don't see each other again until the next game. Sunday's game day, by the way, if you don't know that. And we don't see each other until Sunday. Then Sunday we high-fiving and we're slapping and we're cheering. How many of you understand 
that relationships are essential to get in the game. See, until you are relationally connected, you're not really in the game. You're just in the stands. You're high-fiving, you're shouting, you're cheering, but you're not in the game. When's the last time you wept, you cried, and you prayed over somebody else's struggle outside of your natural family? When's the last time you rejoiced, praised God, and celebrated somebody else's victory? See, if you're not doing that, you're not relationally connected. We got to be relationally connected. I mean, think about in the natural. Just think about the, our Alabama and Auburn teams, right? How many know that if the only time those players talked was on game day, there would not be a lot of camaraderie or unity among the team? So let me give you a great clue this morning. As much as I love Sunday morning, Sunday morning is important and Sunday morning is essential. And as much as I love Sunday morning, I want you to understand, Sunday morning service is not geared around relationship. It's geared around edification and exhortion, right? And corporate worship and corporate ministry. We get marching orders on Sunday. We get inspiration. We get encouragement. We get challenged. It's kind of the big team huddle, right? We got our big team huddle going on here today. But have you realized in a natural football team, it's, it's in the locker room where relationships are built. It's when they're popping each other with towels, right? Right? They're laughing at jokes. They're telling stories, right? It's on the practice field when, when they're helping each other up and they're wiping off the blood and wiping away the tears. That's where the relationships are built. And that's what creates camaraderie on the field. That's what allows them to operate seamlessly with a spiritual word called unity. How good and how pleasant it is, the Bible says, for the brethren to dwell together in unity. And then God compares it to two things, like the anointing on Aaron and like the, a blessing that he pours out on Mount Zion. Unity releases the anointing and releases the blessing of God. That does not happen. We are not united because we high-five on Sunday morning. We are united because we are relational Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday because we weep together, we cry together, we rejoice together, we pray together, we war together, we wipe off blood and tears together, and we press through together. That is where unity happens. Soldiers have been interviewed and asked why would they give their life for a country in Vietnam that didn't even care about them anymore. And the soldiers said this, I'm not dying for my country. I'm not fighting for my country. I'm fighting for my brother in the foxhole beside me. See, until you get relational, that doesn't happen. Until you get relational, it's just all high fives and smiles and good mornings and hallelujahs. But it's the relationships that connects us, that gets us in the game. So we have to be joined together. We have to be connected relationally, but we also have to be connected spiritually. The word knit together there literally means to be of one mind, one thought, one purpose. And I want to just elaborate it this way, one vision. 
I said to you all ago that every church, every local church is a unique expression of Jesus Christ. Every local church is a unique expression of Jesus Christ. And Liberty Church is no different, right? There is a unique vision here at Liberty Church. And if you're going to get in the game, you got to connect relationally, but you also got to connect spiritually. you got to buy into the vision of who we are. Let me tell you who we are real quick. I'm going to just give you a real quick lesson this morning. Our vision is really simple. We're going to reach out and we're going to raise up. We're going to reach out into a broken, hurting world, and we're going to raise people up in their full potential in Christ. And our mission statement tells us how we're going to do it. How we're going to do that? We're going to win souls, we're going to make disciples, and we're going to destroy the works of the devil, right? That's how we're going to reach out, and that's how we're going to raise up. And that is the vision. I'm just going to tell you, everything, literally everything we do revolves around that reality. How are we going to win souls, make disciples, destroy the works of the devil? And we're going to encourage you and we're going to challenge you to not only sow into missions and sow into world outreach and sow into evangelism, we're going to challenge you if you come to Liberty Church to be a personal soul winner, to engage your heart in connecting people to Jesus Christ. Maybe that doesn't excite you. Maybe that doesn't fire you up. Well, maybe you're in the wrong church. Because let me tell you what's going to happen, and I say this respectfully, what happens is if you connect to a church that you don't share the vision with, you're going to constantly be frustrated. And you're never going to get in the game, and because you never get in the game, you're going to always be on the outside looking in, and you're going to feel like an outsider in your own church. So our vision is clear. We've got to be knit together. We've got to have one mind, one thought, one purpose, one vision. Here it is. We're going to win souls. We're going to go after broken, hurting people. We're going to reach the people nobody else wants to reach. If you don't know Jesus, whether you're rich or whether you're poor, whether you're black or whether you're white, whether you're a drug addict or CEO of a company, we want you. And we are coming after you. We are on purpose about seeing you come to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That compels us and drives us in everything that we do. We're going to make disciples. We are committed. We are committed. We are committed to seeing people grow and become the person God has called them to be. We want to see you step into the gifts and the calling that God has for your life, and we want to release you into ministry. We want to empower you and enable you to become the person God has called you to be. And then we're going to destroy the works of the devil. We have declared war on every work of darkness, from addiction to divorce to depression to anxiety to complacency. Man, we have declared war. If it is causing people to stop short of the glory of God, we're out to destroy it. And that is the vision and the mission of Liberty Church. And for you to get in the game, you know what has to happen? You have to connect relationally, but you also have to connect spiritually to that vision. Now, there are a lot of churches doing a lot of different things, and everything that they're doing is good and awesome and holy if they're connecting people to Jesus. And that's why we need different churches, and that's why we need different people, because it takes a lot of churches and a lot of places to fully represent who Jesus is. And the reason I'm saying all that this morning is because it's time to either get in the game or get in a new church. Well, Pastor Keith, that's really hard. You bet it is. You ought to be the pastor saying that. <laughs> we got to get in or get out, guys. We got to get in the game. It matters. It matters. God has staked his reputation on our performance. It matters. And we need every person in the game. Well, you say, well, Pastor Keith, I just come here today for the first time. Okay, we're going to give you, I don't know, three weeks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We'll give you four. After four, we need you in the game, right? Have you know it really matters? 
We got to get in the game. Get in. And when I say get out, I don't mean get out of church. I mean get in the church where you can get in. Right? There are a lot of great churches in Arab, Alabama, and I'll help you find, I'll help you find one. But if this is where you are, and this is the vision of this house connects and resonates in your heart, then you got to make a decision that I'm going to connect relationally, and I'm going to connect spiritually, and I'm going to get in the game because it matters. Let's look at the second thing. I want you to see this. The connection question. This is just a real simple question that we use, that we ask here at Liberty. Here it is. The connection question is simply this. What group are you in and what team are you on? What group are you in and what team are you on? And the reason we ask this question is because we believe, as leadership of the church, we believe that if we can get a person connected to a group where they can connect relationally, and we can get a person connected to a ministry team, that's what we call our teams. Our teams here at Liberty are called Dream Teams. If we can get a person connected to a ministry team, Right? That connects them spiritually to the vision that God has for this house and for this local church. We believe that if we can get you connected to a group and serving on a team, that you are in a place, at least a minimal place, where you can become healthy, growing, and filled with the love of Jesus. You're at least in a place. Now, is that the end of the goal? Probably not. But it is an awesome place for people to get because we know that if you're in a group and on a team, you're connecting relationally and you are serving spiritually to advance the vision and the kingdom of God here at Liberty Church. And if you're in that place, then you're in a good place because your life is making a difference. How many of you know that when you're connected relationally and you're connected spiritually, you're in the game and you're making a difference? All of a sudden, you're beginning to determine the outcome of the game. Let me give you a, real, a little important statistic this morning. Last year, 2016, we had 255 uh, first-time guests. 255 people that walked the doors of our church on Sunday morning for the very first time and filled out a connection card and said, hey, I'm here for the first time. Now, let me tell you what I know about that. We know this without a shout out. This is, this is statistically true. For every one person that fills out a card, there's another person that comes that doesn't fill out a card. Usually there's two or three others. So that means, on a minimal, that means that last year, 2016, there were over 500 people for the first time in their life walked through the doors of Liberty Church on a Sunday morning to experience God in a real and a personal way. Let me ask you an important question. What did you do to help them connect to Christ? What part did you play? Now, let me just expand this a little bit because being on the team doesn't mean you play every play. Right? The quarterback doesn't play every play. The offensive lineman doesn't play every play. The punter doesn't play every play. Right? Let me, let me just say something. We have, there are so many ministries. We have what we call our seven pillars here at Liberty. There are so many ministries that are going on. And I, the, the, the reality is, is, is I don't do anything in most of them. <laughs> they just go, man. They happen without me. Children's ministries, youth ministries, celebrate recovery ministries, missions ministries, outreach ministries. Stuff is happening week in and week out, day in, day out. Small group ministries. Without me, I'm not there. I'm not a part of it. But I am where I'm supposed to be. And all of that, right? Not just what we do on Sunday, what we do every day.
creates an atmosphere and an environment where people can be touched and transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God has staked his reputation on our performance. We ought to be making sure we're doing our part to make it happen. Let me give you our last thought. We're going to elaborate on that thought just a little bit. We have to use our gifts and our talents and work together. We have to use our gifts and our talents and we have to work together. You're in the game when other people are counting on you to show up. How do I know I'm in the game? I know I'm in the game because people are counting on me to show up. And if I don't show up, there's a hole. We have to use our gifts and our talents and work together. Ephesians 4, 16 NLT version says, And Jesus made the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work. Each part does its what? Its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Right? Each part has its own special work. You and I can't do everything, but we all can do something. I got to make sure I'm doing my something. I got to make sure I'm doing the special work that God has called me to do because God has called me. My special work is not being a fan. My special work is being a follower. And we have to use our gifts and our talents and work together to advance the kingdom of God. Let me tell you what amazes me. It amazes me that I see people use their gifts and their talents 40 and 50 hours a week to make money. But yet they never offer those same gifts and talents to advance the kingdom of God. If what you do, you do well enough that somebody wants to pay you to do it, have you ever thought about that there may be an expression of your gifting that needs to be used in the church to advance the kingdom? Think about that. If you're good enough at what you do that somebody pays you to do it, then surely you're good enough to bring that into the house of God and say, hey, Pastor Keith, how can I use my gift and my talent to advance the kingdom in this place so that we can do what God has called us to do? Because if I'll do my special work and work together with other people doing their special work, then guess what will happen? We'll advance the team. We'll win souls. We'll make disciples. We'll destroy the works of the devil, and God's kingdom will be advanced. The Bible says every part has a special work to do. Every person. I told you last week, God doesn't have a second string. That's awesome. Right? There's a jersey with your name on it. There's a place on the field for every single person. So how do you know if you're in the game? You know you're in the game when other people are counting on you to show up. Think about your natural job for just a minute. If you wake up tomorrow morning and you're sick as a dog and you can't go to work, you just don't lay out. You know what you do? You call in. You call in, hey, I'm not coming to work today, I'm sick. Why do you call in? Why don't you just lay out? Why don't you just not show up? Well, because there's other people that are counting on me. They're counting on me to do my job. They're counting on me to fill that place. They're counting on me to make those phone calls. They're counting on me to close that deal. They're counting on me, and I can't just not show up. Now, let me just give you a thought, and this is going to bring it really home, so y'all listen with me. Listen to me for just a second. When it comes to church, and I'm not talking about just Sunday morning, I'm talking about all the many, 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 many things that we do here at Liberty. 
if you can just not show up and you don't have to call somebody, and if you can just not show up and it doesn't affect the outcome of the game, then guess what? You're not in the game. Just think about that for just really simple, guys. You know I'm a simple preacher. Really simple. If you can just not show up, you would never not show up on your job without calling somebody. And the reason that is, is because there's people counting on you. Let me just tell you something. We're counting on you. We're counting on you not to be a fan. We're counting on you to be a follower. We're counting on you to use your gifts and your talents in the way that God has given you to advance the kingdom of God, to do your special work, whatever that is. I'm not going to tell you what that is. God's going to tell you what that is. I'll help you find out what it is. I'll help you develop what it is. I'll come alongside you and give you opportunities to use what God has given you. But the reality is that somewhere along the way, you got to say, i got to get in the game so much that I am committed to be here. And if I'm not here, i got to call somebody because somebody's counting on me. You think this coming Saturday? There's one Alabama or Auburn player that's just going to not show up. I mean, think about it. Even the guy, the third string guy that hadn't played all year long, he's going to show up because he's going to think, maybe, just maybe, 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 maybe I might get in the game. I might get in there. And I'm going to show up because I matter. Now, in God's army, on God's team, there is no third string. There's a place for everybody. But we got to make that commitment. We got to be able to say, hey, I'm on the team. How do I know I'm on the team? Because people are counting on me. I'm just going to tell you right now, there are some folks on Sunday morning, they don't show up. We are scrounging. <laughs> we are running. What are we going to do? They're not here. That ought to be you. Let me give you the little final closing thought. This has been a heavy message. Let me lighten it up just a little bit. Every week in college football, they, they do these little things. They call them impact players. All you guys know what I'm talking about. They'll highlight the impact players of the game. I just had this thought this morning as I was praying. Wouldn't it be great if God in heaven, every Sunday, wouldn't it be great if on WWJD TV Network, God highlighted the impact players of the week? And your face was on the screen. Wouldn't that be awesome? When Jesus and the angels are watching the highlight reel of last week, wouldn't it be great that you made the highlight reel? That yeah, oh yeah, she prayed with that person and she ministered to that person and she loved all that person and she changed that diaper in that nursery and that mama got saved today. Wouldn't that be great if you made the highlight film in heaven every week? Not just occasionally. What if you played that way every week? What if you lived that way every week? Levi's just finished up playing football for a, we play, we homeschool, so he played for a high school, I mean a homeschool league. And we just had our banquet last, last Monday night. Their coach played for Auburn. He played, uh, he was a backup running back behind Bo Jackson, which must have been very boring. <laughs> he said he remember when he was a freshman in high school. He said, my freshman year in high school, I was on the, on the varsity football team. He said, at the end of the year, we had an award ceremony. 
And he said, our coach began to give out awards for outstanding players of the year. And he said, when the awards banquet ended, I went home without a trophy. He said, they didn't call my name. <laughs> they didn't give me a trophy. They didn't recognize me at all. And he said, when I went home that night, he said, I told myself, never again. Never again. I will never sit through another awards banquet and not have my name called. Pastor Keith, isn't that prideful? I think it's pretty awesome. I think what would happen if me and you said, you know what, God, we're never going to go another week without doing something that makes a difference. We're not going to go another day, another week, another month, another year. God, I want my face on that highlight reel every week in heaven. Nobody on earth may never know it, and that's okay, but God, I want you to know I'm living for you. I'm in the game, God. I'm in the game. And I refuse, I refuse to have a first string position and stand on the sidelines. I refuse. I want you just to bow your heads this morning. Two things I want to do today. The first thing we do every Sunday, and that is if you're here today and you have never trusted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Maybe you're a fan. Maybe you're not even a fan. Maybe, maybe you have, you're here today because you're trying to figure out what you're going to do with Jesus. Maybe you've not really decided. And maybe today you heard this crazy preacher. You said, man, I'm not even sure. <laughs> man, it sounds like, man, I don't know what it sounds like. But I do this, I know this, I know the Holy Spirit. I know the Holy Spirit's been talking to you all morning long. And you're here today, you don't know Jesus, and today you want to accept Him as your Lord and Savior. You want to come out of the stands and get in the game. You're tired of being a follower. You're, I mean, you're tired of being a fan. You want to be a follower. And today you said, today is the day of salvation. I, I, I want to follow Jesus. It's not about a choice. It's not about a decision. It's about a commitment that I'm going to make that from this day forward, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. I want to get in the game. I want my life to make a difference. I don't want to live one more day being irrelevant to what's happening in the world around me. I want to follow Jesus. I want to accept Him today as my Lord and Savior. If that's your heart's cry, today you want to accept Christ and be saved. I want you just to stand to your feet all over this building. Just stand up real boldly, real confidently. Just stand and say, today I want to follow Jesus. I want to accept Him as my Lord and Savior. I've never really trusted Him. I've been a fan, but I've never been a follower. I've cheered Him on, but I've never got in the game. And today I want to get in the game. God's calling you right now. This is your moment. This is your hour. This is the most important decision of this day. What are you going to do with Jesus? God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Is there anyone here today that says, today I want to follow Him? Today I want to follow Him. I'm going to give you just another moment and then we're going to move on. Today I want to follow Him. The second thing I want to do today is if you're here today and you say, Pastor Keith, you know what? I'm a Christian. I'm saved. I know that. But man, I've been in and out of the stands. I've been in and out of the stands. 
I'm a follower, but I've been acting like a fan. I've committed my life, but I haven't really fully gotten in the game. I'm just going to challenge everybody in here today because I, I think this is a great opportunity for us to get real with God. And if you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Keith, I, I want to be that impact player. I want to be a difference maker. I want to be a game changer. And I want to make a fresh commitment today to my commitment to Christ. I want to commit to follow Him. And by committing to follow Him, I'm committing to get in the game. I'm a Christian, I'm saved, I'm already involved, but I want to take this step further. And if I'm not connected relationally, I'm going to connect relationally. If I'm not connected spiritually, I'm going to connect spiritually. And if I'm not fully using my gifts and my abilities to work together with other people to advance the kingdom, then God, today I want to step that up. I want to be that impact player. I want to be that difference maker. And I want to be that person that gives my all every day. If that's you, I want you just to stand up all over this building. I want to be that person. I want to be that impact player. I want to get fully in the game today. No holding back, no excuses, no blaming, no finger pointing. I just want to get fully and completely in the game. Right now as we stand all over this building, Father, I thank you that you see every person, Lord. God, you see every person, and this morning we commit our lives to you. We commit afresh, God. We want to get in the game. God, we commit relationally, spiritually, and Father, we commit fully to give all that we have and all that we are to the special work. God, we can't do everything, but we're going to do something. And we're going to do what we do well. And we're going to perfect it. And we're going to give our best. And we're going to run harder than we've ever run. And we're going to serve harder than we've ever served. And we're going to advance your kingdom. And we're going to declare your glory. And we're going to honor your name. And we're going to give you all the glory. Because we're in the game. So, Lord, bless, strengthen, empower, equip us today. God, we don't take lightly the fact that we have stood today in physical declaration of our commitment to follow you like never before. And we ask it all today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a great big round of applause today. How many are glad today that I'm not a fan? Somebody say that with me. I'm not a fan. Amen. Well, God bless you. You are dismissed.